Radio City Sports, Saint and Snods with odsdesignerclothing.com. Affordable luxury, unbeatable style for every season. Let's move on to the FA Cup final, Arsenal versus Aston Villa at Wembley. 5.30 kick-off and a player who played for Arsenal West Ham Coventry during his playing career. In fact, 186 games for the Gunners. He spent five years with West Ham as well. Stuart Robson's on the show. Good afternoon, Stuart. Good afternoon to you all. Good Good afternoon, Stuart. Stuart. Well, do uh, do you fancy the Arsenal to lift the cup today, Stu? I think if Arsenal play well enough, they should win the game. Mm. They've got uh, great attacking players at the moment. They've descended much better in the last six months or so. And unless Ben Teke does well in the air against Mertesacker and Koscielny, I can't see where Aston Villa are going to score too many goals. Mm. Uh, that, that was my point of view. I think, I think Arsenal have got too much for Aston Villa going forward. I really do. Yeah, Aston Villa played really well. I did mm. the game at, in the semi-final against Liverpool where they're... Gone in a tunnel. There we go. He's still there, Stuart, but we can't quite make him out. Are we back? Are we back with him? Is he going through the tunnel? He was. He must have been at the airport with, with Sharpie. <laughs> hey there, Stuart. I'm still here. Sorry, sorry. Oh, loud and clear, loud and clear. So you were just yeah. saying, Stuart. I mean, Arsenal going forward. You know, if you deal with a Cazola, you're suddenly having to deal with Sanchez. If you concentrate on him, uh, maybe you've got a Walcott coming off the bench, a Giro starting up front as well. There's goals every every sort of uh, uh, aspect of that pitch. Ramsey, oh. Will should take your pick. Yeah, Arsenal got good attributes going forward, different attributes as well. As you said, Giroud can score when balls come into the box. You can get across near post, uh, across defenders. You've got Sanchez who can run with the ball. You've got Ramsey who can pass his way in. You know, you've, got, you've got goals all over the pitch for Arsenal. But if Aston Villa play at their very best and mm. catch Arsenal on the break, and that's where Arsenal have a problem. Sometimes that they don't switch on when they lose possession. They're, they're, they're slow when they lose that uh, initial possession and can be counter-attacked quickly. And that's exactly what Aston Villa have to do. Because mm, take nothing away from Villa semi-final, I know Saint uh, and all the Liverpool fans over here thought uh, that they were going to win. I thought Liverpool were too strong for Aston Villa, but the they certainly surprised me with the performance against Liverpool in that semi-final shoe. Oh, they were brilliant! I, mm. you know, I, was, I was at the game and uh, and cleverly had a really big job on his hand. He was playing on the right-hand side of sort of a, a trio in that central midfield. At times, he had to go and close the third centre half for Liverpool when they were playing with a back three. Then he had to go out and close the wing back down. Then he had to go and cut inside and deal with a midfield player. But everybody did their job superbly. I was really impressed with their tactical understanding on that day. Something I didn't really associate with Tim Sherwood from his Tottenham days. Oh, well, I'll tell him what you just said. There. <laughs> <laughs> just um, on about a couple of players that Arsenal that I, I think will influence the game. Sanchez has had a fantastic first season uh, at Arsenal. But we're just talking about the, the boy Cazola as well. How influential is he towards how Arsenal play? Yeah, I mean, he, he's very influential because he's the he's the passer. He's done a good job for Arsenal this season because you'd never have said about him last year being one of two holding midfield players or a player that's going to sit alongside, as it has been recently, Coquelin. Mm. Because his defensive qualities were really poor last year. He was one player that, you know, if people ran off of him or ran beyond him, he wouldn't chase them back. He didn't really look as though he had much pace when he was defending. Uh, this season, his defending's been much better. He's been more disciplined, but his quality on the ball when when people try and close him down and you know make if you say make Arsenal play down one side of the field, he's the one that can turn and twist away from a challenge and switch the play so quickly. So he's so uh, instrumental in everything that Arsenal do at the moment. Mm. You know, 
If you were looking for a player coming in there, what what about our man Raheem Sterling? Would you take him? At Arsenal? Uh, no, I don't think you would at the oh. moment. I don't think it's the sort of player that Arsenal need uh, unless, of course, they were going to swap uh, Sterling for, say, Walcott. But uh, Arsenal have got so many attacking options and so much quality going forward. That wouldn't be the sort of player that uh, I think Arsene Wenger needs. Arsene Wenger needs maybe a, a higher quality defensive midfield player and I would say a better centre-half than Mertesacker. Although Mertesacker's yeah. experience, he's good in the air. You know, if somebody runs down the side of him, he doesn't even want to come out that central area. <laughs> you know, he, he, he'll just let the ball be crossed into the box and hope that somebody else yeah. deals with it. Yeah. So uh, they're the two areas I think Arsenal needs to work at. Yeah. Actually, if they do that today, because the, the Villa do get crosses in. Mm. The big boy. Yeah, and they've got the big boy up there at Benteke. And, you know, get balls into him. Mm. And, and as you say, if, if the defence is not that clever, central defence is the Arsenal, that's when they could get caught out. Stuart, is this yeah, a, absolutely. Is this a potentially uh, title-winning Arsenal side? You mentioned that the need for a defensive midfielder. Since Vieira left, Gilberto uh, was sort of bombed out fairly sharpish, wasn't he? Flamini's obviously not the man. Coquelin may be, but he maybe doesn't win your titles. Uh, are they only one or two players away from winning the title? I don't just think it's about players, you know, and, uh, and, the, and the guys would know. I played in the 80s. Liverpool were not only the best attacking team, they were the best defensive team in the seven, late 70s, early 80s. And then Everton, you know, when, when Ian Snodds mm. was playing, uh, they were the best team, you know, when Peter Reid and Snodds and all those players were closing you down. Arsenal haven't got that mentality to be a great side and a title-winning side, and that's why Chelsea won it this year. They get the balance right between the attacking side of the game and the defensive side of the game. I'm not sure Arsene Wenger has it in his in his mindset to make Arsenal good defence. He doesn't. I'm not sure he knows how to make them good defensively. Mm, mm. Interesting that. But out of the two, Stu Walcott or Oxley Chairman, I thought when they both burst on the scene, I thought this Oxley Chamberlain is going to be an unbelievable player, but he doesn't seem to have kicked on a little bit. There's been a problem. He's had injuries. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're absolutely right. Oxlade Chamberlain is a much, much better footballer than Theo Walcott. You know, I've watched Theo Walcott for many years now. Mm. Now, while he's got great pace and he's improved his finishing, he still, in my view, doesn't understand the game. He makes the wrong runs. He's not good in tight areas. He's not good with his back to goal. Um, but he's still got that pace. Oxlade Chamberlain's got it all, but he's been injured. And I think he's been played out of position uh, too many times yeah. uh, at Arsenal. You know, they, they, they ask him to play out wide because really he, he, he's a central midfielder or a central player. He's been asked to play out wide, then he goes to the left, then he goes into central midfield. He has a couple of good games in central midfield and he's put back out on the right again. So he's never fallen into, into any sort of routine where you can get the best out of it. He could be a top-class player, Oxley chamberlain mm. Mm, totally agree with you. I honestly thought when he when he first came, I thought, what a player this boy is going to be. Stuart, if they, if they lack anything, do they lack leaders on the pitch? Uh, I think they probably lack leaders on the field. And mm. you know, I know I'm, I'm a big critic of Arsenal. I think they lack a leader off the field. You know, mm-hmm. when things are going badly, and, and you you can recall games recently or in, over the last couple of years, remember that game at Liverpool where they were three or four down at half yeah. time. The game where they were uh, down against Everton, they were down against uh, lots of teams. Borussia Dortmund, they were totally outplayed. This is Monaco at home where they were totally outplayed. When they're looking for somebody, when things are going wrong, and they look along to the side of the pitch. Arsene Wenger then goes hiding. He'll, he'll, he'll drop his head into his hands and he, he, doesn't, he just doesn't see the game. Whereas, 
Whereas other managers would be, would be trying to certainly give some information. They'd be trying to reorganise. He doesn't do so. He only comes out when Arsenal are winning. When they're losing, he goes back in the dugout and almost hides away. So I think they're lacking a real leader when things are going badly. But he hasn't done badly, you've got to say, over the years. You know, the, the no, few, no. A few, a few trophies have arrived there at Highbury. Yeah, I mean, when things are going well, they go well. But when things go badly, as they have done on uh, on numerous occasions in one-off games, that's been the problem. If you look at Arsenal over a course of a season, they have lots and lots of good games. And then they have disasters. The best teams don't have disasters. You know, Liverpool in the in the 80s never had disasters. Everton, when they were playing at their best, didn't have disasters. Manchester United... Uh, up until last year, didn't have disasters mm. because they haven't got a structure to, uh, that they play to when they haven't got the ball. That's that's been Arsenal's problem for seven or eight years now. Stuart, Stuart, can I ask you a question about uh, or a question too about West Ham? Of course, I think the the game against Newcastle finished at four forty five. By four forty six, they issued a statement saying that Sam Allardyce was sort of being being bombed out for all the world. Though Stuart, with this uh, new stadium on the horizon after next season, you'd just keep him there, wouldn't you, for one more season? And just say, sit tight, keep us in the league, don't mess around, 12th will do, 13th will do, as long as we're at the party for the big money coming in, uh, and then obviously the new stadium kicking in. Yeah, I'm not I'm not quite sure what went on between uh, Sam Allardyce on the board. There was obviously not too much love lost between, I mean, it never came out that, that they weren't getting on, but I don't think that was, I don't think they were getting on. Uh, the board was stopping to, uh, was starting to knock back Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce uh, was, I think, becoming a bit stubborn with what they were asking him to do. I think it was all going pear-shaped and I don't think it was, it, it, the fact, there was an atmosphere around the ground about the fans didn't want Sam Allardyce. Sam Allardyce became more and more uh, obstinate about the way he was going to play and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, uh, you, yes, in some ways you're right. You know, he did a, he did a good job keeping them in the in the Premier League, keeping them 10th, 11th, 12th. But you could just sense in and around the ground, in and around uh, the ground on match days, things were starting to go wrong. And after that poor second half of the season, you may think that it next season it may have started badly as well, mm. and that could have been the time they yeah. went down. I think when, once the crowd turn on the manager, that's it. Mm. End of story. You know, you. you he will go because, you know, it doesn't matter what they do up the stairs in the boardroom. The crowd are the people. They're the guys that are paying the money. And if they don't fancy it, I mean, that Newcastle change every other week. But Pardew was glad to get out of it, yeah. wasn't he? I mean, when he, he was dead, he thought, I'm getting mm. out of here. Because the crowd, if the crowd don't want you, there's no point in being there. But West Ham fans weren't particular Pardew fans when, when he was there either. I, I mean, know. the names that were being linked with West Ham, Stuart, were, were Rafa Benitez and Jurgen Klopp and all sorts. Suddenly Slavon Bilic's names get thrown in, and that seems a little bit more realistic. What is it that West Ham fans are expecting from their manager? Because they talk about this West Ham style of play now, but there's a generation that have come through that have never seen West Ham do anything. Absolutely <laughs> right. And they wanted Gianfranco Zola, didn't they? And that didn't last too long either. You know, He played some, uh, some lovely football, but they didn't get anywhere... Um, you know when they were defending, so they've got a problem. West Ham. They want players. They want to see teams that play lovely attacking football. They want to see teams that are high up the table. But they've got to get a manager that can combine the two. And I'm not sure at the moment uh, they're realistic in who they're in. They're trying to get Slaven Bilic. I think would do a, a good job. We've mm -hmm. seen him tactically be very good for Croatia uh, when he was manager of them. Uh, we saw him. I've seen him do very well. Besiktas mm -hmm. in recent times. You know, I thought they were excellent at the Emirates earlier in the season. I saw them against Tottenham a couple of times. So if Slaven Bilic came to West Ham, I think he would provide the sort of football and the and the tactical understanding that the West Ham fans are looking for. Mm -hmm. But, you know, West Ham are never going to be a top-half side at the moment. Mm. Finally then, Stu, prediction for today's game, please. 
Uh, I think Arsenal will win, but it's going to be tight. I think there'll be a few scares along the way. It may just uh, be an Arsenal win by two goals to one. 2-1, Arsenal win. Stu, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Cheers, Stu. Cheers. Uh, Stuart Robson joining us on Saint and Snods. Fanatical about football, this is Saint and Snods on Radio City and City Talk.